Hey, you want a you want a dad joke? Cuz I usually try to throw in a couple cuz they make me laugh. Let's do it. Uh, let's see. Dad, can you put my shoes on? I can, but I don't think they'll fit me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's a dad joke for sure. <laughs> Always starting off with the good ones. Your nose runs and your feet smell. Sounds like you were built upside down. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a dad joke book? Is that what we're doing? Literally, yes. it's a box wow. of yeah. dad jokes. Yeah, you're definitely, you have graduated to dad. Wow. Yeah. The irony is you had the dad jokes well before you were actually. <laughs> no, actually, that was, that was what people were telling me. They're like, it's, it's not that, like, that you were prepared for dad jokes. It's that you just kept delaying the inevitable. Like, you, <laughs> you were doomed. Yeah. <laughs> right? Your goofiness. So. Yeah. I feel like that's uh, probably one of your, your goals in life is to embarrass your children. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's that guy. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, let's let's try and, and improvise this as we go here. Then uh, welcome to season number two, two, <laughs> two, two of the Truth About Investing Back to Basics. I'm Chris Holling. I'm Sean Cooper. And today with us, we have a wonderful guest, a good friend of mine, and Mr. Jamar Dupas. What's up? What's up? What's up? Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here, man. Uh, today, uh, we were really hoping to go over budgeting stuff and personal finance to actually be able to move forward and get into this realm of actual investing because the previous season was all about this is healthcare, this is all about uh, health insurance, and a lot of people were very like, why Why should I care? <laughs> and it's, it's ultimately because you're longevity wealth when you're looking at these things is going to be your long term it really when you're looking at when you retire whatever age that's going to be and then whenever you retire whatever age that is you're always going to have to deal with health care health insurance and it's going to get more expensive with inflation and new costs for different types of procedures and that's why that previous season was so important as kind of a hey, all of this is going to happen to you in the future and it's kind of terrifying and deal with it. But now that you're rattled, I guess. <laughs> and think yeah. You think that's terrifying? Wait till we talk about how much you need for retirement. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so then now that we got that straightened out, then we can actually focus on the, okay, now I get that it's going to be expensive when I retire, when I'm dealing with health insurance, what am I going to do about that? And so that's why we wanted to move forward into the investing spot. And that's why this next season is getting that going, which the next thing that we thought was important was we know the why we have to do this now. And now we have to do the how and the foundation. And the best way to start is going to sit on a budgeting side and personal finance. And what better than Jamar here? who is a fancy, fancy man <laughs> that <laughs> ran his own personal finance podcast and personal budgeting. And you, you do some consulting work as well, isn't that Yeah, true? yeah, yeah, yeah. Still to this day. I, I, yeah, podcast is, I haven't had a new podcast in two years. 
and still to this day i get emails every week uh for some and we do consultations for uh couples that's great that's super cool to hear. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's good at his craft and I'm not, I'm not going to step all over his, his story and his background and, and things like that. But, uh, I will tell you how we got connected. Uh, and that's, that's kind of a story in itself. And so this, another feedback that we got from the previous season actually, is I had several people that were saying, you're giving a lot of good information. You're addressing a lot of good questions, but there's not a lot of personalization that's happening through all of this all the time and and i have to get in touch with being able to bring myself to the people (laughs) a little bit here so so uh me coming out and talking about how i met jamar is actually the a big pinnacle of of what really turned a big corner for me and even put me into this realm of money in the first place because i am self-taught and he is the guy that that sent me down that road and i i'm sure i've told him that several times but uh the storyline goes and i'm super curious to hear his side of it too uh but uh, i i so my job because i haven't actually fully indulged that yet is i'm a firefighter paramedic and i was working with jamar in houston at the time and uh i moved back to colorado since but when I had just gotten my paramedic certification, I knew that I was going to start to get some more money. I was going to get a little bit extra cash just for having higher level of training. In doing so, all I knew was that I was going to get extra money, but I was pretty comfortable with how I was living and my paycheck was doing okay. So my only thought process was, is okay, I'm just going to take whatever extra I get and I'm just going to send it into a deferred retirement or just throw it straight into stocks or, or something so that if I lose it or I don't see it, I don't notice it because I've already got that paycheck that I'm comfortable with. And that was the only process I had. So fast forward to me trying to wrap my brain around me having some kind of plan and I come out and I work with Jamar for a day and we get out there and uh, I see that he's editing something and at the time I was doing some YouTube videos and doing some editing for YouTube videos and I thought oh well I know editing stuff let me talk to this guy (laughs) and uh, so I asked him like what are you doing oh well I I do a podcast and oh cool well what is it and he goes oh tells me about it a little bit with the the personal finance and stuff oh Money guy, tell me, I got this idea. These are the directions I'm thinking of going with my money. What do you think I should do? And he said, okay, let's just talk money and get a little bit of an understanding of it and and get a little bit more of a foundation of it. And we'll just talk about it today. And I I distinctly remember we had we had somebody that we were training that day. <laughs> and so we were able to send them off to do our bidding for <laughs> for us mm-hmm. yep yep hold these bags yeah <laughs> and while we were doing that we were able to have a conversation and we literally talked money from lunchtime because that's when he was sitting and, and doing his podcast editing we were talked from lunchtime we finally shut it down at two in the morning and just talked money and personal finance and and getting a foundation and stuff and i distinctly remember that after learning about a lot of stuff and him getting an idea of who I am and how things are running. And uh, honestly, I'm sure it's the same stuff that he does now with his consultations with couples. Um, and at towards the end of it, he said, okay, it sounds like with your specific situation, you can make these things work. 
Uh, here's a couple suggestions on how to go about it. But the first thing that you've got to do is you've got to merge your accounts with you and your wife just be, for your situation, what you got going on. And my stuff was very separate because I was okay with money. The whole like put 10% aside and that would go into a savings and really it would go to either something shiny or an emergency, but I always had it and I, I was able to do something with it. And she always overreached about 10%. And so then what wound up <laughs> happening is my 10% just wound up covering hers anyway. And it, and that's just, that's what happened. So he said, the first thing you got to do is you got to, you got to, connect those two and i very distinctly remember telling him that he's a moron and that's a terrible <laughs> idea and all i'm going to do is give a bigger pool to dip out of and and why would i ever do anything like that yeah everybody always says man you don't know my wife <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you know what he didn't but i was still wrong <laughs> and uh so then we we put our our finances together and i got uh, a budget under wraps and i was able to start straightening out how to move forward and really just getting an idea of how to move everything my stuff is a lot more structured now and uh it i do kind of separations through percentages and stuff but um just to have an understanding of knowing where everything goes the first step was to get those two things joined and to get a very accurate record of where everything is going and planning ahead and planning forward and trying to at least get a month ahead on your finances which was the suggestion that he had and that sent me down this this hard hard road of finding out different ways to do personal finance and managing money and full circle as i'm down this road then i start interacting with sean here and sean was putting out his own videos that was going for his business that was related to financial structures and and his own finance for his financial advising and i told him that i really love absolutely everything that he had to say in all of his videos because he is way packed with information constantly and it was all just information and i was telling him we need to add like <laughs> something in here let's let's like edit the video a bit let's let's kind of add something to it so i started editing videos for sean and then that's how sean and i started connecting is because then i was able to talk to him hey I'm learning this stuff about money because of this path Jamar sent me down. What do you think about this? And then at some point I had gotten Sean to mention to me, oh, hey, you sound like you at least sort of know what you're talking about, which if somebody's getting paid to do that and he thinks that I sound like <laughs> I know what I'm talking about, I'm at least at like 50% of doing okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and that's that's kind of the the full debacle of how it came together, but that's why my very very first thought was we got to do a personal finance because if you can't budget and you can't keep track of your money and you can't handle your own day-to-day -day stuff, it is impossible to handle any kind of investing moving forward. And so what better guy than the guy that put me on track to even be able to think about these things to begin with? Is that How was that? That felt good. Yeah. yeah, that was that was good. That was intense, man. You had me on the edge of my seat, like, oh, what is he gonna say next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drop some bomb on you, you didn't even remember. Yeah. Right? Like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so just for my when, own sake, and I don't even know if I'm gonna edit this in there or not, but you know, why not? So Jamar, what 
what were your thoughts when I had this conversation with you? Because you were nodding as I'm telling you the story, so I hope you at least remember that day. Yeah, yeah I do remember. I, I do remember. I remember one of the first questions I asked is like, Duel, do you have any money? And that's, <laughs> you know, that's one of the first questions I ask people all the time. It's like, well, I want to learn how to, you know, do this. Or, well, do you have any money? And if you don't have any money, let's figure out why you don't have any money. Right. Because a lot of times you you have these habits and it was a mentor of mine that, you know, kicked me in the chest one time. He had this investment opportunity um, or I had this investment opportunity and they were giving me a chance to invest in it. And I didn't have a thousand dollars to my name. And he says to me, he says, you don't have a thousand dollars to your name. I said, well, no, I, <laughs> you know, I don't. You know, I no, I don't. I don't. And, and you know, for me to have a few hundred dollars in, the, in my checking account at the time was I was doing well if I had a few hundred dollars. So like a thousand dollars to me seemed like, what are you talking? Well, of course, I don't have, you know, and he was like, well, you know, how do you feel about that? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, how do you feel about not having a thousand dollars? to yourself to invest how does that make you feel and i'm thinking at the time i was like well i'm feeling pretty small right now as you're asking me this question (laughs) (laughs) yeah now that you brought it up yeah now that you brought it up and he's like well you haven't been but think about he's like you haven't been able to save a thousand dollars he says to me have you worked more than 10 years of your life and i was like yeah he says, so you haven't been able to save for yourself $100 a year for the last 10 years. And I was like, hmm. And he's like, that's somewhere like $8 a month. And if we break that down, it's like $2 a week. <laughs> <laughs> Man, those McDoubles will get you. <laughs> yeah. He said, you've not been able to save $2 a week for yourself, for your future, for your family that you say you love in 10 years. He's like, now, how does that make you feel? And I was like, I feel real shitty right now. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's yeah, I'm, yeah. And, but it was really a puts kick it in, in perspective. Yeah, absolutely. It was a kick in the chest, you know, and that was one of those, you know, those turning points in my own life thinking about you know what what am i going to do with money what, what how money plays a role in my own life and um and then getting married uh i think was the big deal because here we are we're newlyweds we got uh, our our baby our first child was born exactly one year on our anniversary so we share bir- we share our anniversary with his birth with his birthday that was good planning yeah right <laughs> and uh and and we were fighting over money because you know life is stressful everything's coming at you fast you got a new place you get new cars you got a new baby you got a new life new careers you got all this stuff going and we were fighting over money and i remember saying to myself it's like i'm we're not gonna be that couple we're not i'm just not gonna be that guy because you look at the numbers the numbers say biggest day is finances or it's top two top three reason or maybe if not the f- number one reason why uh, marriages end up in divorce and i don't, I, don't I didn't plan percent of americans say that finance and money is their number one stressor boom right there take it from the expert 
That's what I'm here for. Well, and, and not to not to pull away from your story too much at all, but when, after I told you that I thought you were a moron, uh, the reason that I actually gave it a shot was, I, I think you might have actually said something to me about it, but it was some of the effect of talking about that statistic and saying I should give my relationship and my marriage the best chance that I can, and the best way for me to do that is to eliminate variables and with this being such a high variable then i should at least give this a shot because if i can't improve it and i can take away 64 percent of my problems just just by having a plan then then that's why i decided to just give it a whirl and i remember that conversation and what i said to you was you know you think about in a marriage we share absolutely everything our beds our bodies our children our spit (laughs) you know (laughs) we share everything but when it comes to money you're like whoa right that's that's too far that's that's too far (laughs) yeah that's too far there whoa buddy oh slow down you know and so what happens is there's this underlying distrust there's a subconscious lack of trust that will always kind of hang around your relationship and if you if you can get past that part when you realize like how money is there to serve you and it's not this master it's not this big thing over your head you can make money do what you want it to do right the numbers guys here he'll tell you he can manipulate he can make money do what he wants it to do right that's why he gets paid to do that right like he that's his expertise but you don't have to be an expert but you gotta be able to at least play a little bit of amateur ball right and so you can so you can pass the rock to him and then you want to have some understanding so you you can trust what he's doing because what i see a lot of times is people they just give their money right and then they go well so i go well what are they doing they're like, i don't know it's like what well, that <laughs> you should you should have some understanding, right? Like you should know what's you know you should know what's going on. So yeah, everything everything around that is just it's trying to get start with the basics, like you guys are talking about. Back to the basics, and my realization during the podcast was nobody ever sat me down and told me, okay, here's what to do with a paycheck. They've always told me to go to school, get an education, get a good job, buy a house, get your car, get a nice woman, and invest. But like, how? okay, I get a paycheck. What do I do with it now? And that was the thing I think that separated what we were doing from kind of the advanced stuff past that. And I, I just stick in this lane here. When it comes to investment advising, I don't do it. I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you need to go holler at the expert on that. But what, if you want to figure out what to do with your paycheck, then I can help with that. And that's because that's because <laughs> that's what I had to learn. I had to figure out what to do with this paycheck. And that's kind of how we got started. We're like, okay, we're not going to be this couple. We're not going to argue over money. And so what are we going to do? And that's 
kind of led us down the Dave Ramsey road and that led us down the we start reading a lot of books and trying to put all this stuff together until we come up with a system that worked for us and the podcast came about because I had good friends who were asking me like hey man how in the heck are y'all taking vacations every year y'all are uh, you're, you're raising a family you know I got four kids y'all own a house in a nice neighborhood y'all got these cars how are you doing this on pennies as a firefighter and it was like look I know where the dollars are going you know and I'm not a disciplined person <laughs> right <laughs> I need a framework and I know that about myself, right? I needed a framework. I'm the guy that will get a gym membership, go to the gym and then just stand around. Right? Cuz I don't have that type of self-discipline. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I knew that about. So I pay for a CrossFit membership because I know when I walk in, they go, "Okay, clock's ticking. They start the clock. Here's what you're doing." Right? And so I will go to an investment advisor when I need to go because I know when I walk in his office, I go, here's the money, start the clock. He's going <laughs> to tell you, okay, here's the formula, right? Here's the formula. Here's what we're going to do. Here's the layout. And see, I can free up my cognitive space to go do the things that are important to me. And that's, that's my whole goal is to get people to get money out of the way. Not to say you're going to be like, you know, financially free, but take away that stress of money. And that was my goal with you. With you, it was, hey, man, you, you, I could see you're stressed out about this, right? I was. And, <laughs> and your face when I mentioned joining, <laughs> joining those accounts, you were terrified. You're like, yo, everything we just talked about the last six hours, throw it out the window, dude, because you've, you've lost me, you know, and I was like, here we go. But I knew once you got past that, uh, it's, it's a different ball game. So, yeah, yeah, that was huge. That really, really was. And, and actually that's kind of the, the thing that I think would be kind of good to, to address on some of these things, because I think you hit a good point is that I, I think you're the same way that I am. I'm I'm a big proponent of the the Dave Ramsey style approach, and we can kind of talk about what that is a little bit. I'm just much more of a uh, modernized version of Dave Ramsey, I guess, where it's I, I think yeah. he has a, a great concept, and, and we can talk about that uh, a bit. Um, but before we kind of go into, hey, so now that I know I need a budget, you know, how, how do I start and build up from wherever I'm starting from? Did you have anything that you wanted to mention, Sean, on, on any of that stuff or know what better? Here's a question. What were your thoughts when I started talking to you and saying, Hey, I like your videos, but you need to change them. <laughs> how did how did that conversation go? <laughs> hey, I see you uh, doing your business and your professional work. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> no, it, it actually went fine. Uh, that's one of the areas that I, I try to be fairly open to uh, constructive criticism, if you will. I fully recognize the fact that I am analytical. I like the numbers. I like the data. I'll sit and stare at an Excel spreadsheet for hours <laughs> and be perfectly happy. Um, you want me to make it entertaining and add in 
color and floofiness or whatever I, <laughs> that's me i don't have the pay I, I don't have the patience to do it myself so i fully recognize that uh i mean it, it goes back to my business i mean sales and marketing is not my thing i don't i'll present somebody numbers all day long and if they don't get that then i'm like well i can't help you (laughs) but uh no seriously i mean then that's how all my my videos were they were they were dry and i recognize that i i tried to throw in some humor every now and then uh but even that's probably dry uh i I find it (laughs) funny but uh so yeah i mean we we made a good team because you you have the you have the basics down and it sounds like a lot of that uh came from our, our friend here so being able to combine the data with something that actually keeps people engaged uh, as opposed to making them want to switch to something else is probably a good thing. Good thing. Chutzpah. Uh, that's what it was. Chutzpah. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll, that's what I'll call it. Yeah. So, no, I, I was I was thinking the kind of the same thing. If we can... I mean, obviously, you two have fairly similar ideas on uh, budgeting, which I, I like to think of it as smart spending, if for no other reason than everybody hates the word budgeting. Uh, it's like a this huge turnoff. It's almost like dieting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it should be a lifestyle. Right. So uh, if we can you know, share your guys' ideas, uh, give people some tips, and I can chime in and ask you guys questions since obviously I learned this from a very different perspective, and then I can share some of my methodologies, and you guys can ask me questions and hopefully give people a few different ways to look at this concept because I feel like you need to have a budget that works for you, not against you, and so there are different methodologies to go about it that work differently for different people. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. Uh, well, do you want me to leave? Sean, it I, Sean I actually do. I absolutely agree with you. I don't use that word. I don't use the B word. <laughs> I don't use the B word. Yeah, let's. Uh, I guess we can just kind of start with kind of foundational-ish <coughs> stuff then. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So again i i don't use the b word um and and because of that same the same reason exactly what what sean just said look it's it's a bad word in a lot of people's mind it feels restrictive um and like dieting you usually what happens if somebody gives you a formula and that formula just doesn't fit your lifestyle because everybody is different and there is no perfect budget and so the reason why that, that people budget on average, they are, they're done in, in month three, is because no single month is alike the other, right? And they feel like they failed. It's like, well, I, I had 600 for groceries and I had this for this. And, and it's like, well, then we had a birthday party or Aunt Susie came in town and we had to spend a little bit more of this. And then it's like, well, I, I, I can't do this, right? Because you get these failures after failures after failures. And the behavioral psychology behind it is you want to give people wins, right? You want to get get into good habits. You want to feel good about your money. Most people don't go talk to Sean because they're afraid of money. They have bad energy around money. And they think uh, they because they don't know, they're so confused. The confused mind says no, right? Like, no, 
I don't I don't understand it. So no, I'm just not gonna do it. Let's just tuck that <laughs> tuck that under the mattress. Right. And so right. set it aside and ignore it and it won't be a problem. Yeah, yeah. That's, Put your head yeah. in the sand. Put your head in the sand. It's it'll be fine. And then they're calling Sean and they're fifty six years old and they go, I, I need to retire. I got seven years to do it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. More often you than know. you think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Sean, you could tell us better than than I can, but that's 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 where we end up. That's where we end up because we stick our heads in the sand. And so what I what I do is when we talk with people about money is the, the first question I have them ask themselves is what do I want my money to do for me? Right? And that that's a different it turns things a little bit around. So we talked about earlier about money being a servant, being a tool, right? You now can turn around and say, okay, I have this money. What do I want it to do for me, right? And that that helps them kind of start establishing goals, right, or, or why they're working in the first place. Why are you going to work? Why are you receiving this paycheck? And what do I want this paycheck to do for me? And with that information, we can now set up a framework for how you should handle your money. Or, you know, and it, this is your framework, not somebody else's you know, hardcore, you should spend 5% on this, you spend 6% on that, you should spend no more than 9% on this. And it's just, everybody lives in different towns, different cities, have different sized families, that just, it just doesn't work. But if you always go back with your money, and you don't know what to do with your money, you say, what do I want my money to do for me? Right? And then once you kind of have that answer, you can go to Sean and go, hey, Sean, this is what I want my money to do for me. How can we make it do that? Right. And he's goes, oh, well, well, I got you. Right. <laughs> Let me run some numbers. Right. <laughs> and but so we got to get to that point. And and where I come in is we have to do that with the paycheck. And so uh, on the podcast and in, in, in the consultations, we talk about uh, what I call the buckets. Right. So for us, this is in my family and anybody can tailor it any way you want. But we have these big goals that we want our money to do for us. Number one, we want to give. We want our money to be a part of something bigger than us. So we are givers. We are tithers in our house, right? So that's for us. That's number one. Um, Number two, you think about money. In my household, money is supposed to build me wealth, right? So after giving and tithing, I set aside money strictly for wealth building, right? And then you have money that's strictly for real life things like your bills, your food, your, your housing, your you know insurances, things like that. But we go a little bit further because now we want our money to help us get better, right? So we have a bucket, we call it the getting better bucket that we put a particular percentage into that bucket. That is to help us uh, educate ourselves, to purchase books to go on marriage retreats, anything that'll help us get better. Because I, I truly believe you could only expand to where your your knowledge set is. Your, your, you know, so you have to expand. If you want money to come to you, you have to be that type of person that will attract more money, right? Um, I love that idea. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. My wife's favorite bucket is the baller bucket, right? So... <laughs> We want our money to help us enjoy life, right? So we set aside a particular percentage for balling. These are things that we don't normally do, right? So when we go out to dinner, we would, you know, maybe get a couple of drinks. But when we got take our baller bucket with us, we want 
the the fancy champagne, right? If we go if we go to the massage parlor, we want the hot rocks, we want the we want it all, right? Like that's what the baller bucket is for. And that is to help us just enjoy life, right? Uh, and then we also have what we call a big savings bucket. And this big savings bucket is for us to, uh, for like replacing big purchases, couches, cars, you know, those types of things. And we break that up in percentages. Now I'll give you the percentages and this won't work for everybody. Right. So for us, it's 10% for the tithing, uh, the benevolence bucket. And then it's 10% for our wealth building bucket. Right. Every dollar that I that we bring into the house, 10 percent has to go to wealth building. Why? Because I don't want to work for money the rest of my life. That right. that is that is why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Absolutely. laughs> right. And if I and if I don't want to work for money the rest of my life, I need to find a way to put money to work for me. Right. And so you have to do that purposely. Right. It won't just come someday down the road. It just doesn't. You won't get enough raises <laughs> at the job. <laughs> it just, You'll find it ways just to spend work. those raises, too. Yep. Absolutely. And the earlier you can start Absolutely. setting aside that money, the more you can see it compound and work for you the way you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we do 10% on that. We do uh, 10% on the baller bucket. Basically, we do 10% on all these buckets and we do 50% on our real life stuff, right? So we try to keep our housing expenses. Now, we're we're not quite 50. We're like at 54, 53% or something like that. But That's pretty when solid. we started, when we started, listen, when we started, <laughs> it was 99% and everything else shared that 1%, Right? Even the, that is some even huge the tithing. improvement. Nice, man. Yeah, yeah. So it was. It, it it's you have to set the in, the intention, right? And then you just you you start where you are. A lot of people are starting. They're they're using one hundred and ten percent of their take home pay because <laughs> they're on credit cards and you know those types of things. And we had a few of those, but luckily we weren't well versed in credit cards and we didn't really you know didn't know much about them. So it's not something that we depended on. But we had our student loans. We had we did have some credit card debt. And, you know, my wife, you know, I tell people all the time, these people, oh, man, you don't know my wife. And I say, man, look, we I've made those mistakes. My credit was in the 500s. We had, just for transparency, I think on one credit card, had like $20,000 on just that one credit card, right? My wife, and she's okay with me saying this because uh, she said it herself, but she she had no education, when it comes around to finances. So she literally did not know that a credit card could get to $20,000. Right? She didn't understand what interest was. And she did, she was like, she was making the payments, but like somehow she was owing more and more and more every month. And then it just ballooned. And what happens, we were talking earlier, she stuck her head in the sand because now she does, she's confused. She doesn't know. And the confused mind says no. And we tuck it off. We stick our head in the sand and then, you know, look up, she gets married. Her husband looks through her, her history and is like, yo. <laughs> yo what's, we got what's this? This, this thing. What's this? <laughs> yeah. And so, but you, you back to where you have to start at, what do I want my money to do for me? And we start with that framework. We believe in giving. 
We believe that you have to save uh, for big purchases and replace things. Uh, some uh, Dave, this would initially this will be what Dave Ramsey would call your emergency fund. Uh, I hate the word emergency, so I I, uh, I call it contingency fund. Um, but uh, it starts out that way, and then you build it up to be able to cover other things. Uh, and we'll, I, we could talk about how I get people started, kind of the methods of starting from. I, well, I don't. I haven't saved a dollar or two. How do I get to this point? Um, but we do know that we want our money to build wealth for us. We do know we want our money. To, we want our money so we can enjoy life. Uh, we want to use our money to get better uh, in, in all aspects of our lives: physical, spiritual, you know, financial, you know, all those good things. And of course, we want. Um, uh, our money to you know take care of real life things, and so with that being said, we we keep that framework, and we use percentages because no matter how much I make or how little I make, look, you got to make it work. And you you touched on it earlier. We talked about last month's income, and that that is a you know that part that part there really helps a lot of people. Yeah, I was and I was going to say just to just to catch uh, just a little bit before we get to that point because I think it's going to be super important to address. Uh, some of those things that you're talking about, and to to now that we have the the framework that we're sitting at, we we know what we're looking at. We're looking at some wealth building. We're looking at uh, some money that's that's really got to go to you. I, I know that that you touched on that, but I think that's super important because if you find yourself keeping to a strict budget and you're you're doing fine, but you don't have any money that's going to you, and then suddenly you go out and hit up that smoothie stand, and like that breaks you all of a sudden because it just causes all these. It's not worth it. You've got to have that baller bucket because <laughs> it's yeah. it's got to go to stuff so that you can enjoy the the things that you're doing otherwise you, I, I would snap for sure yeah and yeah. so you're hitting that hitting uh giving hitting your your basics like we've we've got framework and so now that we know that we're shooting for something like that and percentages can adjust as they may and and where you think you need to and you know touching base with uh, either one of these guys really to help build some of those percentages. Then, then to me, a thing that was huge was to kind of touch on the the Dave Ramsey concept itself. Is that Dave Ramsey? If if you've never heard about him at all, he's big on cash first and foremost because it's something you can handle, it's something you can see, and it's something you can place into envelopes. And so you can take it and you go, "This is my rent. This is my groceries. This is my car bill. Like everything." And then the idea. Idea is is that when the money is gone, the money is gone, and that's it's just that simple. Like if you're if you're short on rent, which is super important, then maybe you need to dip into this groceries thing, or maybe probably better to dip into your baller bucket stuff, so that you can go. Okay, I am actively pulling it from out of this category, and I'm putting it here because now I can see that I need to make these adjustments so this doesn't happen to me again, and. To me, the thing that's really important to gather with that is having the concept of every dollar has a job. Because if you if you know for sure this dollar is doing it, I'm I'm trying to think. I think Jamar, you might have told me this analogy, but if you show up to a work site and you got 20 guys that are all ready to go to work at your construction site, and you go, all right, well, you two go over there, and then you 18 just hang here for a minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to you in a second. Yeah, just find something to do. Yeah, just just hang out for a minute, and I, I think everybody's at least watched enough cartoons, if not met enough construction workers, to know that those eighteen are going to cause 
problems for <laughs> sure. You got a bunch of dumb blue collar dudes that are all hanging out. And something's going to break. You're not going to find some of them. Like it's it's going to be a mess. So you go, okay, today I've got these things happening. All right, so I'm going to send these two because that's important. And that's that's what the first thing is on your mind. All right, I'm going to send these eight to go and handle this other thing. All right, I got these 10 dudes that are just hanging out for some reason. Okay, so now I need to make them do something. All right, now I need to start thinking forward. What do I have going on tomorrow? What can I prep so that the work is gonna be easier next week? And when you know exactly what's happening, that's when you can create these envelopes, these buckets, and that's why I think Jamar and I both sit in the same category, that we're Dave Ramsey-ish, but we use electronic uh, spending plans, not B-words, so that we're, we're able to keep track of those things and each dollar can have a job to have that organization to be able to move forward with it. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, per- it, it's, uh, it's like uh, for you fancy f- folks, it's, it's like bespoke money, right? It's like every dollar is spoken for. Uh, there is no such thing as extra dollars, right? Like every dollar must have an assignment if your money is to work for you, you need to tell it what to do, right? It, it could be that this money is going to go to get my facial or my manicure, but you tell it this is what your assignment is. It's just like if, if uh, for those of you who have kids, your children come home from school. Well, if they're in school these days, so you know, <laughs> you know, uh, if your kids come home from school and you give them no instruction, they do nothing constructive, right? Same thing with your money. If your money's just sitting there, whatever can get its attention, like your children, is going to get it, right? So if you don't, if you don't put any framework or any any assignment to, to your children, they'll get on YouTube and they'll go down a rabbit hole. They'll get on this. They'll get on that. They'll go do whatever. Money is the same way. Money will do whatever, and that Instagram ad that's been reading your thoughts is going to pop up this new gadget or gadget that you've been <laughs> you didn't even know you needed, and you're gonna and you're gonna check your checking account and you're gonna say, oh, I got a little money in there, and then you're gonna buy it, and then you forgot that there was a check that you wrote a week ago that hadn't cleared yet, and blah blah blah. And I tell everybody, this is how you know you're doing it wrong. If you check your checking account to see if you can afford it, you're doing it wrong, right? You're doing it. Don't don't check your checking account to see if you can afford it because you're doing it wrong. Every dollar in that checking account should already be spoken for, should already have an assignment. So when you get that paycheck, you you divide up into your buckets, however you want to do with your buckets. And but within those buckets now, you know, for real life, you got your bills. So if your water bill is 60 bucks. Okay, if if I got a thousand dollars in that real life bucket, well, sixty of it is going to the water bill, right? Uh, Four hundred is going to the rent. Three hundred is going to the car note. One hundred fifty is going to the insurance, or whatever the case may be. Every thousand dollar has an assignment, even if all you got left is a dollar for yourself to like have fun or whatever. But every dollar has an assignment because every dollar needs a purpose because you have a purpose. And so now that we've changed our thought process around money and we go, okay, what do I want my money to do for me? We know what we want our money to do for us. Now we need to go send it out to go do that. But if you don't give it an assignment, whoever can get your attention, whoever can distract you, who, uh, what, you know, 
it, if you just leave money floating out there, somebody else is going to get it, right? Because you haven't spoken for it. And even and I know and a lot of people say, well, I, I, I'm just going to keep it in savings. There's no such thing as savings for savings sake, right? You're saving for something. And so what are you saving for, right? Whatever that is, write that on the account, right? Don't just say savings account, right? I need... You in a lot of in modern technology, you can change the name on your bank accounts, right? So you can change the name to whatever it is, right? So if you're saving for a couch, put blue leather couch if that's your thing, right? Or if you like, you know, <laughs> do you put that in there? So now, when you get tempted to go take money out of there, you go, oh, I'm taking money away from my blue leather couch, right? Do I really want that blue leather couch, right? Because the chief cause of financial failure. Is people giving up what they want most for what they want now, right? Immediate gratification versus delayed gratification. Absolutely. You're giving up what you want most for what you want now. And if you can just put some things in your, again, I'm not disciplined, right? So I need to put, I need to put some speed bumps, right? Because if the speed <laughs> bump is not there, I'm rolling through it, buddy. You know, I'm, I'm mashing on the gas, I have to put some speed bumps in the way to check me because I'm not thinking about it, right? So this is what this was about. And it also for my wife and for, you know, just, just in general for us, you know, because I hate it. We hated talking about money like everybody else, every other couple, you know, because it was not a happy, it was not a, you know, I would get nervous when she would come home and see bags from Target. It's like, oh, God, how much does she spend this time? You know, it's just like, oh, Target, Target, Christ, Target is like, oh, tonight at home, for oh, sure. Man, it, <laughs> yeah, and it, it knows her. It reads it reads her diary, bro. Like, you know, it, 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 it's like it, Target personally shops for her and puts what it is she wants in that store every time. But now I don't worry about it, right, because her Target money – her money is already spoken for. We've discussed it. She has it. Boom. We're good to go. Uh, and that's that's the the power of that. So the, so there's no ill feelings behind my wife shopping because we've discussed it. And it's not like one of the problems with checking your checking accounts because if you're already out in the wild, you're already out in the wilderness of temptation, so to speak, it's too late. <laughs> If you don't flee, you're done, right? Because there are there are marketers and there are business people. Their only job is to figure out how to extract money from your pocket. And they know everything about you. Facebook knows everything about you. Instagram knows everything about you. We went to Disney last year. And Disney does not care how much you spend. There are no... There are no discounts. They want your money as your before you get there and on the way out, right? And so again, I got four. I got four kids. Disney was not cheap, <laughs> right? And we stayed for 10, 12 days. We, I mean, we went out there. We did it, right? And so they don't. But I, you would think I was like, okay, I'm spending you know this much money. I should get some discounts here. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Let's get some. Let's get some more money out of you, right? And but. That's how these these companies hire organizations to get the money from your pocket. And if you don't give your money assignments, they're going to get it. And that's what happens. So there's no such thing as, oh, I got this in a savings account. Mm -mm. What you saving it for? Give me give me something you're saving it for. Are you saving it for retirement? 
then let's do let's say that and then you give it to sean so sean don't let me touch that i'm just <laughs> i'm saving that i need that to live so i'm not you know eating alpo in in my 60s right you know or you know and and we see this a lot in the fire service we get a lot go to a lot of nursing homes and things like that and it broke my heart and i literally heard a man say to me that he hopes he dies before he runs out of money and it was heartbreaking to hear that that he is trying to beat the clock to death before he runs out of money because he'd rather be dead than be alive with no money at his yeah that's super real right so anybody that's listening to this, I want you to think about that. Take yourself up 30 years or 40 years and give yourself some advice. Like literally write it down, right? Or even do this. One of the things I like to do is I like to write a thank you letter to myself. I'm 70 years old and I'm writing a thank you letter to myself for making all the right decisions, Jamar, I appreciate I appreciate you putting money aside and doing this so we so now that we can and do that use that mental exercise and and practice that and what that does is that makes the future real, right? It takes something that's kind of abstract and writing it down on a piece of paper brings it to the physical present, and you start thinking, you know, I will be seventy one day, <laughs> you know. And do I want this note that I just wrote to myself to be real? Right? And then it it, it becomes real because you now you're like, whoa, whoa, you know? And so that's a practice that I have a lot of uh, a lot of the, the consultations I have them do that. They write a letter to your spouse, write a letter to your to yourself, but from thirty years from now. Right? Uh, and I usually like to put a positive twist on it so you can you can feel good about making the right decisions and then you start and if you don't know what to say then it's time to call sean it's time to start opening some books it's time to start figuring things out because if you don't know what to say to yourself about your lifestyle then that now is the time like you you, you get to it now right so that's these are the basics (laughs) right i know i can get i can get pretty deep but you have to start here you got to start with what I do with the paycheck. What do I want my money to do for me, right? And then you set your framework, and then you assign your dollars a job, every single one of them, right? And stop checking your checking account to see if you can afford it. And then, and it, and in uh, and then Chris, you could tell us, you know, as you started, I think one you called me about last month's income. If you can kind of. Share with them like what that did for you and and do you remember that transition for you and and, and Katie? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to talk about that. Uh, so one of the things that we uh, that that Jamar made sure to to take point of is that what you got to do is take time to get to that being a month ahead. And being a month ahead is all about uh, say say it's. What is this month? Is it August? It's August. <laughs> so it's August. And the, the perfect concept of being a month ahead is at the end of this month, at the end of August, I need to be looking at my spending plan for September and go, okay, what did I make in August? 
and then I can look through and just real straightforward, I made this much one week, this much one week, this much one week. And actually, that's even more ideal for somebody that doesn't have a consistent paycheck. If you're getting something like you're, you're running a business, you're running retail, like your business sells stuff, some weeks you're selling some, some weeks you're not selling, you need to find out there's, there's going to be feasts and famines that are going to happen. And when you hit that, then you have that month ahead. So I can look at September and go, man, this last month, I did great. Okay. And then you look at your framework. What's important to me? I need to have this much that's going here. This is what's going to my essentials. This is what's going to my bother bucket. This is what's going to my tithe. Like whatever is important to you. And then once you have that plan and it's all organized, if you did great in August, then that extra, we still need to assign it because every dollar has a job. And so then you're going to go, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to put this into blank. Oh, we've really been wanting to get this thing. We're going to treat ourselves. Okay. I I don't want to deal with this. I want to have this go to my retirement. I'm going to call Sean. All right, cool. Hey, you know what? I've been looking at this stuff and I think I, you know, I think I can get a new raise in my job and have more consistent pay if I go off and I go get this education. All right, well, it's going to pay for this class and having a plan for those things. But the same thing goes that the end of August hits and like you missed a week at work because something happened, emergencies happened. Like don't don't even have it be a oh, I did this thing. If something happens and sometimes it's just luck of the draw and you go, "Crap, this last week did not, this last month did not go well. I'm shy a whole week. All right, well, I've got this much money for September, which is going to be about 25% less in theory of what you've got to spend in September. And at that point, at least you can go, okay, now I know how much I'm going to have. I know this is what I got. Where, where can I trim stuff? Where can I not trim stuff? Do I need to talk to somebody? But then you have a plan moving forward into that. And so specifically to me, uh, in my circumstance, after I got those things arranged, when I finally had a spending plan set up with my wife, that was my goal. And it took a while. I remember sending texts to Jamar. I'm like, hey, man, I think I got like a week coming up. Like I got like a week into this next month. He's like, cool, man. (laughs) And I got like two weeks and then something happened. And then I went back to not being ahead at all. And, And then it went backwards and like I lost all of it. And so I really think it took me a good eight months to actually get to a point where I could be a month ahead because, because life just happened over that time. But once I was able to get to that point, it was interesting that in a way, uh, personally, what I experienced is that we wound up being able to spend less money and we, we were just able to, how do I put it? We, we spent less money because we were no longer living on the possibility of even three weeks from now paycheck. And in doing so, we were able to stay within our spending plan limits or what our goals were at that time. Uh, when when I didn't expect that to happen, I, I didn't expect, I, we were spending this much in groceries, we were spending this much in going out to eat. And then suddenly the next month, when we were a month ahead, I said, okay, we normally spend this much in groceries. And the big thing that was huge and the reason I think envelopes and and electronic spending plans are important and what's helped me and why I was no longer concerned about my wife anymore was she especially, but we were both able to look and go, okay, okay, now we have this much money there. Like it's it's not... I'm spending money into the category of groceries and we'll get to it. And then you overshoot. Now you're going, okay, 
this is how much I have ahead of time. So I should spend this much this week. And the next week, oh, I've only got 50 bucks left. What can I do with 50 bucks rather than oh, I'm going to spend this much and then and then I'll make it up. And right. it get, becomes a lot more controlled. And something that was kind of surreal to me is that you, when you do this, there's a, there's a strange level of comfort that happens when you have this all organized, and especially when you have a month ahead. And you have weird conversations because now we, I mean, we, we just had a kiddo. And so she's like, hey, here's... Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, she, uh, she's like, hey, here's, here's the bill. It just showed up in the mail. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, that's hundreds of dollars. Hey, you know what? We had this set aside. Go ahead and spend that. But then a week later, I have a conversation with her. I'm like, why are we still, still spending 10 bucks a month on Audible? Like, we need to talk about this. <laughs> so we're, we're having conversations about $10, whereas like hundreds of dollars happened. Like, oh, yeah, that was part of the plan. Like not even worried about it, and the conversations shift because then you're not dealing with those stressors that are that are happening because they're not surprises, and you're prepared for it. And it's even helped in the sense of I, I know literally every cent that leaves any of my accounts just out of sheer awareness because of all of this. And it's it's not because I'm scared to lose it. It's not because I'm holding on real tight to it. I'm just very aware of what is going on. And every, every dollar has a job. Every cent even has a job for me, frankly, because then what I started to find out is there's different times when I would go, what is this transaction? Why is this happening? And I can find out if something is being billed and I'm just not paying attention, or we had a couple of times where our card got swiped off of a, of a gas station pump, and we probably wouldn't have caught it if I wasn't paying attention to that because they were in small increments and they were at scattered ones in an area. And when you have the ability to catch some of those things, then you are ahead of the game and you're not playing with overdraft charges and you're not playing with, oh, well, I, I got this declined. Even if it doesn't cost you money, if you got something declined and it delays your time, <coughs> that's a problem. And uh, there's there's just a, a, a solace to it that comes with knowing that you have a handle on it. Nobody else is going to take advantage of that. And you know where everything is going at that point, and it it creates a lot of that comfort that happens in that sixty four percent with the conversations uh, with a significant other that you no longer have to wonder, hey, did this money just disappear because you're spending it? Oh no, I'm very aware of it. And actually, at the time I remember that that stuck out to me on how aware we were was we went out to the movies one night and. Uh, we sp we spent money to have food at this movie, and the food was awful. I had to pay for parking. I get in there, I spend like fifty bucks on a meal, and the food was terrible. And we spent twenty bucks on the tickets. Like we're trying to have a nice night, and I was so mad that the food was late. And then after it was late, it was bad. And but what wound up happening is that even though I complained about it, nobody said anything to me. Oh, sorry about that. We'll we'll get this organized for you. And and there there was there was no conversation that said like we're going to refund you cuz there was none of that but mm -hmm. about a week later i'm looking for this charge that i'm very upset about <laughs> and <laughs> all of a sudden there was no charge we we were able to take the the amount that we were going to use for date night and they just never charged us by accident it was not a charge and a refund it was never charged and 
I never would have been aware of that unless I knew specifically what every transaction was doing. And it's totally possible that I would have gone, well, I know this $50 transaction's coming, so I'm just I'm just not gonna spend that money or, oh, well, I, I'll, I'll try and keep track of that. And then three weeks later, it never shows up. I knew right away that that wasn't happening. So I was able to reallocate that $50 to go to another night because I was very, nice. very adamantly aware of what was going on. And that was the, yeah. the moment that I realized that I was, I was really on top of, of what was going on in our spending plans. Yeah. It's empowering. It is. I mean, yeah, you, you go from, uh, you know, head in the sand, not wanting to talk about it, you know, afraid of it to feeling empowered, knowing what you can spend, how you can spend it, how your money is working for you. So I know, I know sudden stop here. Ultimately, this was a great podcast that we had a great deal of information that was two hours long, and we didn't want to send out a podcast that was, in fact, two hours long. So we've broken this up into two different parts. This was part one of two, and we'll have this next one out to you a week from now before you even know it. And we hope that you join us for the second part. It's filled with a bunch of great information. It's a lot of the stuff that I'm really passionate about. And I know Jamar is super passionate. Really, it's it's all of us. And uh, we're hoping that you come along with us on this ride for building your foundation and getting your framework on track. We've also got a Facebook page that we're trying to spend a little bit more time being active on. We want to hear from you. We want you to come and like our page and give us good ratings on whatever podcasting service that you're that you're using because that helps to get us promoted a little bit further. And that way we can also hear from you and see what kind of things that you want to know more about, what kind of questions that you have and see if there's something that we can answer more specifically for you. And until then... We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of The Truth About Investing, Back to Basics. Podcast disclaimer, disclaimer. The disclaimer following this disclaimer is the disclaimer that is required for this podcast to be up and running and fully functioning and moving forward. This is going to be the same disclaimer that you will hear in each one of our episodes. We hope you enjoy it just as much as we enjoyed making it. All content on this podcast and accompanying transcript is for informational purposes only. Opinions expressed herein by Sean Cooper are solely those of Fit Financial Consulting LLC unless otherwise specifically cited. Chris Halling and Jamar Dupas are not affiliated with Fit Financial Consulting LLC, nor do the views expressed by Chris Halling or Jamar Dupas represent the views of Fit Financial Consulting LLC. This podcast is intended to be used in its entirety any other use beyond its author's intent, distribution, or copying of the contents of this podcast is strictly prohibited. Nothing in this podcast is intended to be legal, accounting, or tax advice, and is for informational purposes only. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. This podcast may reference links to websites for the convenience of our users. Our firm has no control over the accuracy or content of these other websites. Advisory services are offered through Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, an investment advisor firm registered in the states of Washington and Colorado. The presence of this podcast on the internet shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. 
follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by our firm in the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without our first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. For information concerning the status or disciplinary history of a broker-dealer, investment advisor, or the representatives, a consumer should contact their state securities administrator. Thank you, and good night.